Mike Boos is the Senior Director of Human Resources and Organizational Development for Arthrex, Inc., a company based in Naples, Florida. He's been an active member of the community since moving to the region, engaging in a variety of education and workforce development initiatives since 2009. Although a baby boomer, Mike says he has had the good fortune to experience a Gen Y career path on his way to Arthrex. I'm excited to learn all about that and more in our time together today. Welcome, Mike. I am so happy we were able to find some time to chat today. Thank you, Tess. I really look forward to it. Appreciate all the work that you and Future Makers do for Southwest Florida. Thank you so much. All right. So you have such an interesting professional background. Mm -hmm. I really think it is useful to sort of hear the twists and turns that successful professionals careers, you know, take them down through a lifetime. And your experience is definitely unique. So can you tell us a little bit about your your professional background, where you started and, and where you are now? Sure. So I grew up on a small family farm in central Illinois, uh, graduated with a history degree in college, didn't know what I was going to do when I got out of school, worked as a probation officer for five years while still helping mom and dad on the family farm, uh, worked with DUI probation clients, worked with juvenile clients, actually had a public service work crew I administered and ran for a period of time. Uh, and then the year I turned 30, uh, I was very fortunate to get hired on as the second shift forklift operator at a Caterpillar manufacturing facility in Lafayette, Indiana. And that began my manufacturing career. Um, about a year into that, they realized I probably wasn't the best forklift operator in the world, uh, but I did have the opportunity to do a cross-training program on material handling, which then led to um, a leadership opportunity as like an hourly production lead. Went to a startup facility in Champaign, Illinois in 1996, and a year after that, uh, I'd started as a supervisor. A year after that, I got the opportunity to go into HR, and I've been in HR ever since, and was very fortunate to work with a number of great companies. Caterpillar, in particular, did a fantastic job of kind of teaching me HR uh, situation by situation, and now I've been at Arthrex for 11 plus years. Came down here in 2009, and I'm responsible for both our human resources for our manufacturing logistics centers, as well as for our corporate learning and development and organizational development programs. Wow, that that's quite a jump from probation <laughs> officer to, to manufacturing to HR yes. uh, professional for a successful company. Um, so much there. I'm curious, uh, what did you, was there anything in particular that you had to do or the opportunities that you seized from really being sort of at the front line in manufacturing and moving to this more administrative role in HR? Uh, I think, yes. And the, the core thing is, it's interesting. It's very similar to what we found with the core um, fundamentals for workforce now, which eventually led to course of future makers activity, was the one common denominator that seemed to apply to all industries in Southwest Florida was actually, I think, what helped uh, my career progression, which was in essence what we call foundational skills here, but it was the ability to listen, the ability to express yourself succinctly when necessary, the ability to be a good team member, 
to lead when provided the opportunity, but to understand with humility when you didn't get opportunities and just to be a credible voice as you move forward, you know, whether you're a frontline production employee, forklift operator, or whether you're moving into supervision and then into human resources, it seems like that's been the one constant is the ability to adapt communication styles to situations and apply the appropriate communication style in those situations. I think that that is such a great point. Uh, you know, we hear from employers over and over again that foundational skills or soft skills are are lacking in our current workforce. And I think it, it's it's really interesting because in, in your industry, you know, you started off with a history major. So you mm-hmm. earned a degree. Um, but a lot of folks that that get into manufacturing, they're starting with a vocational with vocational training and right. in a certification, and they may not um, they learn a skill and they get a competency, but there may not always be those opportunities to kind of master some of those foundational skills. Um, but it's such an interesting path that you had, and such a great point about how very important communication and being able to work in teams mm-hmm. and, and I assume critical thinking and all of those things are right. to any role. Absolutely. And you know the other component was, was very fortunate along the way to have, it seemed like at each step and partially because of those communication skills, I think we're able to find people who would either advocate or give you the opportunity to have a choice to make a decision about here's the next step here are the risks involved with that next step, here are the things to do to prepare for it. And so I was very fortunate throughout my career to always be able to find people uh, in work that helped support those role developments and those additional skills acquisitions and the confidence. And if you were screwing up to actually sit down and say, hey, you know, you made a mistake, you need to get this in mind and to you know, have those difficult conversations. So, but I think a lot of that was because the notion of being somebody who was open to hearing that type of feedback also um, was very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. It's easy to, to kind of get, take things personally and get your feelings wrapped up in things and miss an opportunity to grow into the next step in your career. Right. So, so for those who are listening who may not be familiar with Arthrex, can you tell me a little bit about Arthrex? Sure. Uh, Arthrex is a global uh, medical device company. Um, company started 40 years ago. Reinhold Schmieding is our owner, our founder, and very, very fortunate to have found Arthrex. And we service, I think this year, is the estimate is we're going to be more than 14 million patients that we have served through the physician relationships that we have. And basically what we do is fulfill our mission, which is helping surgeons treat their patients better. So Arthrex made their name and our name in sports medicine. So if you saw somebody, uh, favorite athlete who had an injured knee or ankle or shoulder, you know, there's a high degree of likelihood that that person was going to be treated with parts that we create with techniques that we've helped create. Uh, then we've grown larger into obviously with as we age and have more people that remain active longer that there's the opportunity to provide those same types of services and those same types of products to more and more people and so the market has really grown Um, Reinhold runs the business as a way that we focus on taking care of our customers, which in a lot of ways are surgeons helping make sure they have the products, the techniques that they need to make somebody feel better. 
So whether it's a professional athlete who needs to get out on the field soon uh, as they can following injury, or whether it's grandma and grandpa who want to be able to go for a walk with their grandchild, whether it's somebody who wants to be able to play with their dog, whether somebody wants to go for a walk on the beach, fish, golf, whatever the case may be, you know, the products that we provide, the services that we provide are all designed to make us better from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe, maybe this is common knowledge, but when I think of manufacturing, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the first thing that, that comes to mind. Do you think that that's the case? It's not usually with our threats. We're most well known for medical education, marketing, creation of the products. And Reinhold was one of the very first people who was able to understand how to build the products necessary to do minimally evasive surgical procedures. And so out of necessity really began marketing, medical education, teaching surgeons how to use these brand new products that were being created. And then also establishing relationships with surgeons to help understand how to develop those products. It was about 20 years ago that Arthrex decided they began to manufacture. And it was really recognizing that by doing manufacturing in-house, we were speeding up our ability to make changes and adjust to the marketplace and produce new products so that we would be able to, again, to get more products quicker to the surgeons to be able to help the, the patients. And now in Southwest Florida at our Ave Maria facility, we have over 1,850 employees. We have over 400 employees at our customer service call center uh, that is in Fort Myers. Uh, we've got nearly 400 employees at our manufacturing facility in South Carolina. We have two facilities in California that are smaller, um, but that are also involved with manufacturing assembly of our parts. So we really, a uh, significant portion of the business now is manufacturing, but it's all tied together to that speed to market, making sure we're getting the highest quality products to our surgeons faster than what our competitors are able to do. Do you think, um, do you think that, that uh, people understand um, how manufacturing can fit into healthcare? Do you think that that's common knowledge or do you find, you know, in HR, you're having to explain that to people so that they understand? That's a great question. Uh, it depends in the area that we go into. So in Southwest Florida, it's always been a challenge um, because Arthrex initially came here and did the core part of the business, which was the, the initial part, which was the medical education, the marketing, uh, a lot of the design work that was being done and then later expanded to manufacturing. And it was a small facility and took us a while to grow our presence. But I think we've done a great job um, over the past 10 to 15 years of really helping people know more about us. But we're still really known in the medical community as somebody who uses these parts and creates those techniques. Uh, in South Carolina, uh, people are very, very interested in learning about us from a manufacturing standpoint because it's a much larger manufacturing population in the upstate region of South Carolina. So when they heard about medical device manufacturing, it was very natural for them to become more interested in that. We've had to do a lot of work here to help people understand what it is we do. And then the other thing to understand the type of manufacturing we have is not your traditional rust belt manufacturing. It is a very clean environment. You could eat off the floor in our facilities. You know, we keep things really clean. We make sure that we're making parts, keeping the parts clean so that obviously the, um, the surgeons have confidence that we're giving them quality products if they tour our facilities. Yes. I mean, I've been there and it looks like an operating room. I mean, it is mm -hmm. as clean and the opposite, I think, of what some people may have 
in their minds of what manufacturing is. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, from, from your perspective and your role at Arthrex, what are some of the bigger challenges that, that Arthrex faces? So obviously this year's been a challenge for everyone um, from COVID standpoint, um, but it was wonderful to work with Reinhold because Reinhold very early came out and as we were beginning to understand that COVID was gonna be a challenge for all businesses, you know, he came out and let all employees know that they were safe that we would be taken care of, that we would weather whatever this was going to look like, we were going to make it through and that we would be um, great getting through it. Uh, and then we had a bonus program that was um, typically we pay out once a year. We actually chose to pay the first half of that bonus right in the middle of COVID. So right at the time that people's family members were losing jobs and kids weren't knowing what was going on at school, he recognized the necessity to make a financial commitment to employees to help them weather the storm. So you know, that was very helpful to help us get through that type of challenge, but also demonstrate the resiliency that we have. Um, Southwest Florida, we've always been challenged by trying to find a workforce. And that's really part of the reason why even the workforce now and then participation in future makers, a fantastic cause, but it's also a cause that aligned with what we believe we needed to continue to try and help grow a skilled and qualified workforce for the types of work that we have, whether corporate positions or manufacturing positions or logistics and call center. Um, we continue to grow rapidly. So how do you manage the growth? How do you keep the culture that's made us unique? Uh, how, as we continue to bring in more and more people, um, how do we manage through those challenges? And then we, like most organizations, have gone through significant generational change over the last five to six years, moving from an organization that was more than 50% baby boomer to an organization that's about 43, 44% millennial in just, again, that same time period, and all the different expectations that come along with generational differences and how they impact the workplace. Interesting. So, so... Help, uh, help me understand, you said that workforce is an issue. Um, what, what, kind of, what kind of workforce issues are you having? Like, what are you looking for that you can't find? Or what do you sort of see as, if you dig a little deeper into that challenge, what, what do you see as the issue? Sure. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, one, we are a very unique business for Southwest Florida. And so we look for experience because of the type of work that we have. But we also recognize, for example, in manufacturing, we probably are going to have to absorb a lot of training and teaching. And because there's not a history of manufacturing in Southwest Florida, I think last I knew there were 10 or 11,000 jobs in manufacturing through the five county region in Southwest Florida. Um, teaching the tradition and the understanding of what's it like to work in a manufacturing facility in a production environment, um, teaching the skills that come along with that, the basic skills of quality and manufacturing and lean, those types of things that we needed to get that information out. And the local technical colleges have been great partners helping us make that transition and creating programs to support it, but it's still a significant challenge. IT positions, we are always looking for folks to help us in IT, um, finding the engineers that we need. And ultimately it comes down to, with us, it's always a combination. We generally can, because we'll search nationally, we can find people that have the technical skills to do what we need. The question is, are they gonna have those foundational skills? Will they be able to come in and work in a very fast paced environment with a lot of changes in a growth environment 
needing to be a very positive team player, understanding that not everything is going to be known, how each day is going to go, that we're going to have a lot of transition and change because of the growth. Um, that's really the combination to find is that skill set plus that cultural fit to what makes our threats unique. Yeah. Okay. So let's break that down for a second. Do you think people in Southwest Florida, we'll stick to Southwest Florida mm -hmm. right now, are have a good understanding of what the opportunity is in manufacturing so that they're pursuing those credentials at the technical colleges? I think it's a mix. Uh, it's been a struggle to a certain extent to get the volume of students. And then at times we, and the, the initial students that may show interest may not have the match for the work that we're doing. And so getting the people that have that interest lined up with the jobs that we have available. So I think it's growing. Um, but there's still educational opportunity. I think what most people hear is they know that we're a great place to work. They know that we have a very strong benefits program. So a lot of times people will say, I'm looking for a job at Arthrex and they'll get an interview. They'll take that job and then they'll come in and understand that's not really a fit for what they do, uh, especially in our interlevel and manufacturing positions like our clean room packaging, our clean room sutures departments, you know, which are uh, very intensive manual labor, highly uh, high volume jobs of assembling the parts. The surgeons will then end up using and be actually putting parts in the packages that will end up going out to the customers. Uh, but that's a different job, especially for our, a workforce that more and more has grown up with having cell phones in their hands and having digital communication available to them readily to be in an environment where cell phones aren't allowed because they're not clean compared to the type of environment we need to have to make sure the parts are clean when they go to the surgeons. So sometimes we run across job fit issues after somebody comes in, and even though we'll tell them up front, here's what's happening, then they'll come in and say, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. Yeah, and then so, and I do want to talk about the culture at Arthrex and sort of like the opportunity to advance, kind of like mm -hmm. what you described with your own sure. career. But mm -hmm. I'm curious then on the foundational skills side of things or the soft skills or, you know, all the ways that we label those skills. How, how, how are you all addressing that issue? Thank you for asking. So the learning and development organization that I've been lucky enough to be a part of for the past four years, we have over the past uh, been really creating a program of products that we deliver and programs we deliver internally. So we have an individual personal branding, um, personal development program that we teach. We have a program for emerging leaders that we teach. And then we have a program for senior leaders. For the individuals is everything from speaking opportunities to the Franklin Covey seven um, habits highly effective people and what we're really trying to teach is self-awareness. Uh, we also have a predictive index which is a behavioral assessment tool that we utilize you know to try and create understanding of where your preferences where your drives come from how those drives and interact with others in a team setting and in a business setting. Uh, from an interviewing standpoint we focus on behavioral interviewing to get a sense of does your experience that you enjoyed in the past, does that match up with the experiences that we know that we'll be able to offer going forward? For our Emerging Leaders Program, we're really teaching the difference between leadership and management. And Susie Berker that leads our team here, a lot of the work we're doing there is understanding you know, managers are directive, but managers in a rapidly changing world like today with rapidly changing technologies, it's really difficult for managers to keep up 
with the pace of those changes. Leaders can keep up with those pace of those changes because they're setting the stage for employees to grow with those changes, with their input being involved. Uh, but there is a mind shift that needs to take place to make those types of things happen. Um, we're also partnering with local schools. Uh, we have the program Dr. Tamur and FGCU have created. It's a medical device industry overview program that is a certificate program. And so helping students understand more of what does it mean to be part of a med device organization and what parts of a med device organization potentially would be a best fit for me, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's corporating, whether it's fabulous marketing, digital media that we do, all those types of things um, provides more insight. And then for our senior leadership, we work with Exec Online and to provide them opportunity to have flexible education without really necessarily having to travel and be gone out of the office for a significant period of time. Uh, we will do some individual programs as well. And then we rely a lot on our internal subject matter experts for more competency and skills-based training. And then we've also partnered with LinkedIn Learning and we provide LinkedIn Learning membership subscriptions to all our employees around the globe so they can access LinkedIn Learning's 14,000 plus courses that they have available that are there for both skills development for work, but also for personal development if they choose to pursue that path too. Wow, so, so Arthrex has really taken on a lot of the development of these foundational skills and, and helping, helping, it sounds like, grow a lot of professional development skills. So do, is there a lot of opportunity to move up within the company? It's a great question. It's a challenge sometimes because the unique departments are significantly different. And also in a growing company, departments really like to keep their talent with them. So we have opportunities. Uh, we're working on trying to figure out how do we formalize those opportunities uh, within the last three years, we've introduced some mentoring programs. And so through mentoring programs, trying to provide more cross-functional awareness. The FTCU course they mentioned, we actually ended up providing a version of that in-house, made that available to a group of employees so they could understand bigger picture of what the organization looks like. You know, we're in discussions trying to see if there's a way for us to do internship programs, but it'd be the internal internships. And so, it's there, it's not necessarily easy. Uh, it does depend to a certain extent on the manager and the department you're within um, and the, how those opportunities translate. Yeah, so tell me why, you know, you mentioned that there, you said, I think 10 or 11,000 manufacturing jobs in Southwest Florida, is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in that number. I know I should know better future makers in the annual report provides that information. It uh, When I first started down here, it was less than 8,000. I think it was six or 7,000. Um, so yeah, last I heard, I think it was 11 or 12,000. But of course we have 2,000 of those jobs between um, manufacturing and logistics. So a significant part of that growth has been because of Arthrex's phenomenal growth. Absolutely, and listen, as a Southwest Floridian, I'm very proud to have Arthrex here um, and very thankful for your partnership always. I'm curious though, so is it safe to say that manufacturing seems like a decent career pathway for people living here in Southwest Florida given kind of that there seems to be a few jobs? Uh, I would say absolutely. And again, the, given the, the type of work that we have, the type of facilities that we have, um, 
the benefits that we provide and we really take a look at a total reward strategy so it's a combination of the salary that we have but the benefits for example for employees health insurance for the employee is fully paid for by the company we also have on-site health care clinics so that employees are able to uh, for themselves and their families actually to meet at our clinics for initial medical diagnosis or evaluation. And then hopefully they can be treated through our programs and wellness programs, but if not, then be referred out. But if they come to the clinic, there's no copay. Um, I think Arthrex in Southwest Florida is fairly well known because we provide lunch every day to all our employees, uh, except on Fridays for the corporate employees. Corporate employees are encouraged to either bring their lunch or go out in the community. But for our manufacturing employees, every shift they work, they're provided a meal. And we have in-house culinary teams who um, prepare those meals for us. So really fortunate. Corporate's campus expansion has been amazing. We have uh, gym on site. We have the additional medical facility on site. We now have a hotel on site that our guests and our candidates are coming in for interviews that can stay. Our physicians are coming in for training can stay. So, you know, it's really uh, just, and then because we hire positive people you know, for the most part, and we try to hire positive leaders that are going to create the type of culture where we feel comfortable spending time to each other. Uh, one of the things we're really proud about this year is with you know, our manufacturing employees were frontline workers and they were essential workers through COVID. And Reinhold immediately took steps. We began temperature checks very early on. We invested in equipment to try and ensure that the air uh, in our work areas was safe. And when we did our annual Great Places to Work survey this year, over 92% of our employees said they felt safe at work. And we thought that was just such an amazing testament to the company to say in a year where so many frontline employees who were in situations serving patients, taking care of others, didn't feel safe and feel very unhappy with their employers. Our employees recognize that while everything might not have been perfect, our intention was to make sure that they were safe. And so it was really rewarding to hear that turn back. And we think that's part of that culture that makes it a great place to work too, in addition to the facilities and the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lunch is a big deal and that sounds fantastic, but in a time of a pandemic, being uh, yes. <laughs> safe is definitely way up there in terms of priorities. So yes. what a win. Congratulations yeah. on that. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it's safe to say Arthrex is pretty well known for being a great place to work. Mm -hmm. Is that is that accurate? Have you, I mean, I 92% in terms of numbers and when it comes to satisfaction is, is, is pretty extraordinary. Is that, is that your understanding? It is. We feel very proud to be part of, we actually have a campaign called Arthrex Proud. We're moving to performance evaluations based on Arthrex Proud competencies, behaviors that we think reinforce the notion of a competitive, positive team-based work atmosphere that it allows us to continue that the pace of growth that we've had over the years. Um, so, and our overall results were a little bit less than that, from, but then on that particular safety issue, we're right up there. Uh, we have been a top 100 place to work in two years previously. This year, we're actually listed as the number six best places to work in manufacturing through the Great Places to Work survey. So it's a list that we made consistently over time, and we're really proud of that achievement. Uh, we've been in our facilities in Mexico, uh, and these are more of the medical device sales and support facilities. Um, but in Mexico, we think we've got a really good shot of being the best place to work in Germany this year, where we have a, another corporate headquarters supporting Europe and Asia from there. So it's really 
when you come to work, you have the opportunity to find positive people, do positive things, and th that then makes a positive impact, not only on you, but also on the community that we're within. And we actually challenge each other to do things to help make the community better in addition to making help, you know, people better, and then obviously serve, helping serve um, our patients too. Yeah, so, so if someone listening to this is looking for a career change or they are, you know, designing their career pathway, what, what kind of credentials are you looking for? What are the in-demand credentials at Arthrex? Great question. So it depends on department um, because we have pretty much everything you can imagine from custodians working up to PhDs in our research departments. So it really depends. Um, for IT, there's an ITIL assessment, ITIL, that's very helpful. For HR, we have the Society of Human Resources certifications. Um, for manufacturing, the Immokalee Technical College has put together programs that are available for manufacturing technology and for, I think, mechatronics that they develop. Um, for marketing and others, project management, project management certifications are always helpful. We don't have any positions where the certifications are specifically required. Typically what they're going to be is either a way to become more competitive through the application process or become more competitive through the interviewing process compared to somebody who does not have the certification. Um, and then we just continue to grow and adapt. Obviously the medical device certification through FTCU. Um, it was an incredible program. We had the opportunity to be um, one of the last two speakers with that group. And as they were talking about their final exam preparation, and it was amazing that here a group of students that came from business school, but on their final exam, they're gonna be talking about questions like, if there was gonna be a shoulder procedure that was gonna be done, which product from medical device company would be utilized to potentially perform that surgery? Uh, so it was amazing to see the combination of business biology, human resources all come together you know, in this class. So obviously that type of knowledge makes a person more competitive about understanding that's what I wanna be. I wanna be a part of an organization that does those types of things. Um, so anything else that's industry specific, we use SAP as our global ERP. And so anything related to SAP, SAP administration can also be very helpful. And again, with the caveat, all those things are wonderful, but you're still gonna to need to be able to demonstrate that you're gonna be able to be a positive influence on your team and our organization, because we will wait to hire somebody that we think is going to do that as opposed to just hiring somebody with technical skills, um, but may not have the foundational skills again to help us become a better place to work. Yeah, is Arthrex hiring right now? We are, we have continued to hire throughout. Uh, it's been amazing when I came here 11 years ago to start as HR managers manufacturing, we were about 400 total manufacturing employees. You know, here we are 11 years later with over 2000 here plus another 400 up in South Carolina. So we have manufacturing positions open, we have corporate positions open, and they're all on our website, arthrix.com, and you can go to the careers page within the website. Uh, the great thing we do is we post the job descriptions, they'll have the educational requirements, the years of experience requirement that are necessary, and then they'll have the preferred uh, items that would also be helpful to have. So when it comes to preferred items, does if you don't necessarily have them, it, would you still encourage someone to apply if they meet the other qualifications? If they don't, they have to have the essential requirements. So if we say on there required, yes, you have to have that. But if it's preferred, no, go ahead and apply as long as you meet the requirements. 
And for our recruiting team, I mean, our internal recruiting team is amazing. And they just hire, uh, they hire hundreds of people each year, but they go through thousands and tens of thousands of applications each year. So it is very difficult for them if somebody submits a resume for a position they clearly are not qualified for in the hopes that when that resume is seen, potentially then the recruiting team will actually move it over to another area. So we really appreciate when people only apply for those positions that they're very interested and feel that they're going to be very competitive for. Uh, because the other thing is, is, you know, when we interview, we're going to interview folks who some say, I want to work at Arthrex, I'd love to have a job at Arthrex, whatever job is fine. But we're also going to be interviewing people for that exact same position that say, I've wanted to do this ever since I've been this. So I've always wanted to be in manufacturing because from the time I was five years old, I took apart my tricycle and my bicycle and then I put them back together again. I was experimented you know, with all the types and I just love the notion of putting parts together. That person is going to be more competitive than the person that says, I just want a job. Right. And so the need to apply for those things that really you have an interest for that you're really wanting to do. That's great advice. Um, so the other thing I want to go back to is this amazing program that you described at FGCU. And I, I think it's interesting, you know, larger companies like Arthrex tend to have a little bit more flexibility in, in their ability to work with education partners mm -hmm. um, to, to help meet some of their workforce demand. I'm curious, you know, and this is something that's very important to the Future Makers Coalition. What has Arthrex experience been, and you've touched on it a little bit, in terms of creating those business education partnerships? Have you found value in that? Would you recommend even smaller businesses if they are having major workforce issues? Is that a pathway you would recommend for them, those business education partnerships? Absolutely. And it does take a time commitment. So we are very fortunate. Uh, but Reinhold has always been extremely supportive of the ability for us to contribute time to begin to work with those partnerships. Um, starting with, you know, high school, Dr. Patton in Collier County, where I spent most of my time, you know, Dr. Patton, when she came in, really helped the school system evolve a mindset shift of, you know, in essence, we're going to produce college students who will go off to college and then later businesses will find them if they come back home to, we want to make sure that everybody who graduates at the point of graduation knows what their next step is. Is it college? Is it vocational training? Is it work? Is it military service? But we want them to know. And then really opened the doors to business and said, come in, meet our students, help them understand what you have available locally. And we really took a look at that and said, as taxpayers, why wouldn't we do that? We invest in 12 years of a child's education. And if we're supporting public institutions helping early childhood education, which we know how important that is to long-term educational achievement and financial achievement, why would we not tell the kids, the students, here's what we have available locally for you. If you decide you wanna go off see the Western world, great. But when you come back, here's what we have. And so we really felt like we should compete because otherwise you're wasting those investment dollars. So getting in, talking to the schools, um, they've opened the doors to us. We've done career fairs as early as third grade, fourth grade. Uh, and with our parts, the type of work we do, they're fantastic because they're always intrigued by seeing this goes into an ankle, this goes into a, an elbow, and they're very interested in it. Um, our engineers will go out and work with the robotics programs, and we've had folks uh, help out with junior achievement 
And then as you work with the technical colleges or you work with the local colleges, you know, Hodges has been very open to work with us. FTCU has been very open to work with us. Um, so has um, Florida Southwestern. And you know, those partnerships have all been helpful in certain ways for us to be able to communicate, here's what's available, here's what the needs are. And then Future Makers has been amazing because for my time here, which is only 11 years, and I know that there's been a lot of um, effort put in over the years to develop regional workforce, but it seemed like when Sarah was able to pull us all together to create Future Makers and with the Lumina Foundation grant money that really helped give us financial stability to make plans and investment, it really seemed like we did begin to break down barriers and walls between counties and between portions of counties and truly become a region taking a look at that what is going to help each of us and the cooperation that came out of that, the learning that came out of that has just been amazing. Um, so it's been really helpful and I could go on and on and on as you can tell probably from that standpoint, but hopefully that provides some insight. We find it amazing and hope that others would always do the same. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's, it's both a way of creating social impact in the community that you're in but it's also an investment in your own talent pipeline. So Absolutely. if you can find a way to make it work, uh, I think it makes sense. And just from my own experience in connecting employers with the education programs, cause that's sort of the role I play. I find that the education programs are really, you know, craving and wanting that feedback from the employers because mm -hmm. they want to produce uh, well-trained employees that are going to be able to get um, and fill jobs right. here in the region. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So I know you're so passionate about education and we're so appreciative of Arthrex for, for always really stepping up. And, and mm -hmm. so I know that, you know, over the years, I've just learned how great, uh, what a great place it is to work, but then also what a great asset it is to the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my favorite things to talk to you about, uh, Mike, is data and sort of like, what are your predictions? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think you are one who always reads our reports. You're one who's always kind of in the know and you always bring a different perspective. So I'm curious you know, COVID has created a whole new world for us here in Southwest Florida. What do you think, what do you think the long-term impacts of COVID are going to be on, on our workforce issues? What do you think, what do you think lies ahead for us? Great question. Um, one, just from the beginning, we, for the most part, because they have such a family feel to our organization and because we were doing so much training with our physicians that come in to learn about our parts, we have always been a very much, we want to be on site working together. So we had a few people that worked remotely, more in regional roles, regional sales support roles and those types of things. And we were beginning to consider, you know, what does work from home look like? Could we potentially pilot a work from home program? And we were thinking maybe one day a week through the summer, we'll give it a shot and see how it works out. And of course, we went from that discussion in February to by the end of March, early April, it was anybody who could work from home should work from home. And we weren't prepared for that. We didn't have the equipment for it. We didn't have the infrastructure. We didn't really know how to support it. But in traditional and typical Arthrex fashion, we really got through it very, very quickly. And, you know, we learned, we started to bring people back early in May as um, governor started to open the state back up a little bit. But very quickly thereafter, we said, nope, we need to work on. And we ended up eventually with kind of a 50-50 rotation. 
So as the pandemic hopefully begins to normalize, one of the things we know we will be challenged to determine is what is the right balance between being in an office, being in an environment around people versus being able to work from home. And then how also do you mean credibility that even if you're able to work from home, but if the group that you're supporting is frontline manufacturing employees who can't work from home, how do you make sure they maintain credibility with them while also trying to be flexible with what professional employees are looking for? So we've learned flexibility is definitely going to be a part of uh, what we need moving forward. Um, social voice in workplace, um, we're finding what that blend is gonna be for us as well. And we have a few of um, uh, the resource groups that work through some of those issues and are talking through some of those conversations with us, but we know that that will continue to be more conversation that be created amongst employees. Um, so, and then of course, whatever is going to happen as, you know, thankfully the election is over. Thankfully we're beginning to potentially see the hint of stability in what the next um, administration is going to look like, but then there's certainly still an awful lot of tension in political environment that obviously influences our employees because we're all infected by, affected by that. And so, you know, when folks come to work, we want to make sure that we're focused on Arthrex and what we do for Arthrex, but we can't ignore the fact that people are part of society as large too, and are going to be impacted on things they see and hear and believe as a result. So, I think that's going to be the piece. Uh, and then we continue to continue growing. So just a meeting with Reinhold yesterday, speaking to a group of employees, and you know, we firmly believe Arthrex is well positioned to continue to grow as we have in the past. We want to continue to serve um, our clients, make patients better, give the physicians the tools they need to make patients better. And so, you know, the challenge is just keeping up with that vision and making sure that we have the talent that's necessary to support that vision. Uh, thankfully, we believe it's going to continue for a long time yet. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate from an employer perspective, just hearing all the things that you're balancing and trying to weigh as we mm -hmm. move forward. I mean, this year has really been just an exercise in everything that you never thought would happen is right. happening. And how do you deal with that? And it's true people bring that stuff to work. I mean, just the mm -hmm. equity issues and the social unrest that we've seen, um, you know, around Black Lives Matter and all of those issues, those things weigh on people's mind when they come to work. And then of course the political instability as well as we're trying to transition and there's just so much change and so such, such you know, bifurcated opinions and such division. Right. Um, it's a lot and those things show up at work and I, I appreciate your thoughtfulness and boy, I just, I am so thankful for your partnership, the partnership of Arthrex, but also you, Mike, I think your Southwest Florida is really lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm very privileged to work at Arthrex and have the opportunity to network on Arthrex's behalf with so many wonderful organizations and future makers working with you. Uh, I don't know if anybody understands just how much you do uh, and Future Makers does for Southwest Florida and the amount of time and energy you place into that as well. So for you and your staff, we're obviously very appreciative. And, you know, the networking, the contacts are made. Dr. Tamura is amazing with, um, started with Hodges, now with FGCU. Dr. Meyer, who's now at Hodges, who used to be at Florida Southwest State, you know, for, um, Florida Southwest State, or Florida Southwestern. It's just been amazing, you know, the connections that have been made, the charitable organizations that all get tied together through the Future Makers program as well. 
Uh, and when you look at the number of people that are beginning to impact and come to the table and have conversations and learn, I think it's just so incredibly impactful, the work that you are helping drive and coordinate for us. So it makes the volunteering, the participation easy. So we appreciate that greatly. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, sometimes it is definitely hard to see the work that it takes <laughs> to keep a network together. Right. Um, but it is my honor and privilege to do it. And I just want to say thank you so much for your time today, for taking the time to talk with us. And um, we will definitely see you soon. Awesome. Thank you, Tessa. Take care.